Welcome back, listeners, to Sandman Stories Presents, a folklore podcast where I read you to sleep or until the next story. I'm your host, Dustin. Today we are back in Ghana reading more stories from William Barker's West African Folk Tales. We have the story of the beautiful woman who has to figure out who will be the best husband. We have the story of the great and powerful Minu. And we have the story of how Anansi's son, Kwekutsin, gave shine to the stars. Okay, let's begin. Morning Sunrise A man in one of the villages had a very beautiful daughter. She was so lovely that people called her Morning Sunrise. Every young man who saw her wanted to marry her. Three in particular were very anxious to have her for their wife. Her father found it difficult to decide among them. He was determined to find out by trick which of the three was the most worthy of her. He bade her lie down on her bed as if she were dead. He then sent the report of her death to each of the three lovers, asking them to come and help with her funeral. The messenger came first to Wise Man. When he heard the message, he exclaimed, What can this man mean? The girl is not my wife. I certainly will not pay any money for her funeral. The messenger came to the second man. His name was Wit. The latter at once said, Oh, dear, no. I shall not pay any money for her funeral expenses. Her father did not even let me know she was ill. So he refused to go. Thinker, the third young man, when he received the message, at once got ready to start. Certainly, I must go and mourn for morning sunrise, he said. Had she lived, she surely would have been my wife so he took money with him and set out for her home. When he reached it, her father called out, Morning sunrise, morning sunrise, come here. This is your true husband. That very day, the betrothal took place, and soon after the wedding followed. Thinker and his beautiful wife lived very happily together. The End Story number two, Honorable Minu. It happened one day that a poor Akim man had traveled from his own little village to Accra, one of the big towns on the coast. This man could only speak the language of his own village, which was not understood by the men of the town. As he approached Accra, he met a great herd of cows. He was surprised at the number of them and wondered to whom they could belong. Seeing a man with them, he asked him, To whom do these cows belong? The man did not know the language of the Akim man, so he replied, Minu, I do not understand. 
The traveler, however, thought that Minu was the name of the owner of the cows and exclaimed, Mr. Minu must be very rich. He then entered the town. Very soon he saw a fine large building and wondered to whom it might belong. The man he asked could not understand his question, so he also answered, Minu. Dear me, what a rich fellow Mr. Minu must be, cried the Akim man. Coming to a still finer building with beautiful gardens round it, he again asked the owner's name. Again came the answer, Minu. How wealthy Mr. Minu is, said our curious traveler. Next he came to the beach. There he saw a magnificent steamer being loaded in the harbor. He was surprised at the great cargo which was being put on board and inquired of a bystander, To whom does this fine vessel belong? Minu, replied the man. To the Honorable Minu also? He is the richest man I have ever heard of, cried the Akim man. Having finished his business, the Akim man set out for home. As he passed down one of the streets of the town, he met men carrying a coffin, followed by a long procession, all dressed in black. He asked the name of the dead person, and received the usual reply, Minu. Poor Mr. Minu, cried the Akim man. So he has had to leave all his wealth in beautiful houses and die just as a poor person would do. Well, in the future, I will be content with my tiny house and little money. And the Akim man went home, quite pleased, to his own hut. The End Story number three, Why the Moon and the Stars Receive Their Light from the Sun. Once upon a time there was a great scarcity of food in the land. Father Anansi and his son Kwekutsin, being very hungry, set out one morning to hunt in the forest. In a short time Kwekutsin was fortunate enough to kill a fine deer, which he carried to his father at their resting place. Anansi was very glad to see such a supply of food and requested his son to remain there on guard while he went for a large basket in which to carry it home. An hour or so passed without his return and Kwekutsin became anxious. Fearing that his father had lost his way, he called out loudly, Father! Father! to guide him to the spot. To his joy, he heard a voice reply, Yes, my son! and immediately he shouted again, thinking it was Anansi. Instead of the latter, however, a terrible dragon appeared. This monster breathed fire from his great nostrils, and was altogether a dreadful sight to behold. Kwekutsin was terrified at his approach, and speedily hid himself in a cave nearby. The dragon arrived at the resting place, and was very annoyed to find only the deer's body. He vented his anger in blows upon the ladder and went away. Soon after, Father Nancy made his appearance. He was greatly interested in his son's tale and wished to see the dragon for himself. He soon had his desire, for the monster, smelling human flesh, hastily returned to the spot and seized them both. 
They were carried off by him to his castle, where they found many other unfortunate creatures also awaiting their fate. All were left in charge of the dragon's servant, a fine white cock, which always crowed to summon his master if anything unusual happened in the latter's absence. The dragon then went off in search of more prey. Kwekusin now summoned all his fellow prisoners together to arrange a way of escape. All feared to run away because of the wonderful powers of the monster. His eyesight was so keen that he could detect a fly moving miles away. Not only that, but he could move over the ground so swiftly that none could outdistance him. Kwekutsin, however, being exceedingly clever, soon thought of a plan. Knowing that the white cock would not crow as long as he had grains of rice to pick up, Kweku scattered on the ground the contents of forty bags of grain, which were stored in the great hall. While the cock was thus busily engaged, Kweku Tsin ordered the spinners to spin fine hempen ropes to make a strong rope ladder. One end of this he intended to throw up to heaven, trusting that the gods would catch it and hold it fast, while he and his fellow prisoners mounted. While the ladder was being made, three men killed and ate all the cattle they needed, reserving all the bones for Kwekutsin at his express desire. When all was ready, the young man gathered the bones into a great sack. He also procured the dragon's fiddle and placed it by his side. Everything was now ready. Kwekutsin threw one end of the ladder up into the sky. It was caught and held. The dragon's victims began to mount, one after the other, Kweku remaining at the bottom. By this time, however, the monster's powerful eyesight showed him that something unusual was happening at his abode. He hastened his return. On seeing his approach, Kwekutsin also mounted the ladder with a bag of bones on his back and the fiddle under his arm. The dragon began to climb after him. Each time the monster came too near, the young man threw him a bone, with which, being very hungry, he was obliged to descend to the ground to eat. Kwekutsin repeated this performance till all the bones were gone, by which time the people were safely up in the heavens. Then he mounted himself as rapidly as possible, stopping every now and then to play a tune on the wonderful fiddle. Each time he did this, the dragon had to return to earth to dance, as he could not resist the magic music. When Kweku was quite close to the top, the dragon had nearly reached him again. The brave youth bent down and cut the ladder away below his own feet. The dragon was dashed to the ground, but Kweku was pulled up into safety by the gods. The latter were so pleased with his wisdom and bravery in giving freedom to his fellow men that they made him the sun, the source of all light and heat in the world. His father Anansi became the moon, and his friends became the stars. Thereafter, it was Kwekutsin's privilege to supply all of these with light, each being dull and powerless without him. The End Okay, in the first story, I really like how Morning Sunrise made her choice of husbands. Of course, in the story, it's the father's choice, but 
Uh, I really feel like people should choose their partners, and partners should be like a good teammate. You should make a team together. So, shout out to my amazing teammate and partner, Young. In the second story, I really liked how the guy assumed that Minu was the great Minu that owned everything. Uh, it was a cute misunderstanding that didn't pick on anyone, and it taught you to be happy with what you have. Because even though Mino had so much wealth, Minu died the same as everybody else. And the third story was just really beautiful. I liked the way Quikritsin saved everybody. Uh, you know, Anansi had just a small part in it. Usually Anansi is causing trouble of some sort or another, but Quikritsin was the hero that he always is. And the podcast shout-out is to the history of Persia. Trevor Cully does a great job of taking you through ancient Persia and the satrapies and the mighty Xerxes and Artaxerxes, whose names are really different in Old Farsi but got butchered into what we recognize now because of the ancient Greeks. So Trevor really goes through and pronounces those and shows you what's different and, and tells you all the stories about what they believed and how they lived. It's really well done. So if you want to learn about the empire that stretched from Europe to India and gave birth to a lot of cool culture, give this podcast a listen. And also give it a review and a rating wherever you find podcasts. I'm partial to Podchaser and Good Pods. And the listener shout-out is to Piauí, Brazil. The capital of this province is Teresina. And during the middle of June, the people celebrate St. John's Festival. So this podcast episode should be coming out mid-June, so maybe it'll come out during St. John's. This area is home to various people from various backgrounds, reflecting the immigration that has happened in Brazil and South America in general. And I don't know how different the Portuguese of Brazil versus the Portuguese of Portugal is, but I'm going to use Portuguese to sign off. So to the listeners of Piauí, obrigado. Y buenas noches. Thank you and good night.